That's her. That is her. Dude, dude, Mike, it's a humongous tiger. Oh my god, dude. Here we got her. Oh my gosh. We got her. Holy cow. Like a Dorsey hog. Dude! Dude! Welcome to the Musky Therapy Podcast. Please follow me this way. The doctor is ready to see you now. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Musky Therapy Podcast. I don't know about you, but I could use a little musky therapy right now. And on this episode, I have a very special guest uh, whom you have seen on the Musky Mastery channel and who you're going to learn about today, uh, one of my uh, all-time best friends and my brother, Chris Martin. Chris, uh, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for the introduction. And, uh, well, I'm I'm excited to be on this on this uh, podcast you've been doing. I, I I have to quite honestly say I think I've been asking a little bit to see when the availability would be for me. To <laughs> so I, I'm actually pretty excited to be here. Thanks, thanks for that, dude. I am excited. It's always good when you and I are talking shop on muskies, podcasts, social media, uh, small business growth. You name it. We're going to talk about it all today. We got a lot of great topics today, folks. Um, but for, uh, first, Chris, maybe just introduce yourself to the listeners. Um, just a little bit, uh, tell them about yourself, what you do, how, you know, maybe you and I got started on, you know, muskies, but you know, what you do professionally and, and whatnot. So. Yeah, no, of course. I, it's, it's, it's funny because yeah, you, you think I would having a, a, a brother that's a, you know, a professional angler that I do more fishing than I, than I really do these days. Um, but starting from our roots and upbringing, you know, we, we fished a lot growing up as kids. Um, and then I've, I, of course, went into the professional business world. I've been working in commercial sales for uh, probably the last decade. Um, but more and more, it's funny, as I get older, the more I'm drawn back to, to fishing. And to, I, I can see uh, where, where uh, Chaz has found his passion in fishing. Because I think, I, I think at this point I could just leave my, my business career probably probably want to go do it <laughs> as, <laughs> as time goes on. Uh, but, but, no, there's, there's a there's – from, from, from my side – um, I, I was, uh, got taken on the first couple of musky fishing hunts with Chaz. And then, um, I think it was around 2002, you can probably correct me, but 2010, um, when I started missing class at school because Chaz had me the viewers, maybe don't know this, but Chaz had me, um, in a, uh, some of the professional tournaments at the time. The WMT. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I would be studying for economics and things in the boat while we'd be preparing and pre-fishing for a tournament and so um that i mean oh my god it was, it was a yeah it, 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 i won't even go into too, too much detail I know we can talk about it as we go trying, but dude well, that's already bringing bringing back great yeah. memories to me i i do want to say too chris what's interesting i think we're gonna we're gonna kind of get to this uh you know today in our podcast is like what's neat though is your business background and you know the musky mastery brand and the fishing business your background in business and your passion for social media platforms and you know all that kind of gives us uh, you know you know we talk you know you know many many times a week and it gives us a lot of neat um, talking points because of your interests and my interests and it's kind of interesting the business world and the fishing world uh, kind of combine in that sense for the two of us so so yeah no, it's 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 you know and we go back a lot of our conversations go back to to on the business front to to college even and, and talking about the business front when you were running the business in the early days and talking about and it's one of the things that would be an interesting topic as well on 
uh, kind of having a dual career, right? And how to stay rooted and, and stay focused on part of, you know, the timeline. A lot of people look at the, you know, between the seasonality of it, right? The timeline of the fishing world and the timeline of, uh, you know, doing other business opportunities, right, that you have. So that's another aspect of it, too, that I know we talk a lot about, but how to sort of balance and find balance in, in, the, in the scheduling to do those kind of things. So, um, yeah, it's not it's absolutely. Been a, it's been a fun ride to this point. Well, and, and I want to tell folks... Too. You know, Chris, I want to tell folks again, you know, a little bit, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing when you, when you get family on, uh, and, you know, in, involved in a podcast like this and we start talking. What's really neat is, you know, a guy like Chris, Chris, you've been involved with me in Muskie Mastery literally since the infancy. Since, and, you know, you talk about those tournaments and we'll, we'll get to that at, at a point here uh, this evening. But, you know, you, you've been involved in, in, in so many various aspects of Muskie Mastery since the beginning. You've been helping to promote musky mastery with me from the the very beginning i mean we you know the the brand started in 2007 which is which is now gosh it seems a while ago now um but yeah you've you've been there since the start man and we've uh, we've we've come a long way we have a long way to go and that's you know some of what we're going to talk about tonight but uh yeah of course i mean i i i I think a lot of people might not know you know in in the beginning days and, and to anybody who's who's getting into the, this business or has aspirations to to be a guide or, or, or something similar from a professional standpoint, you know, you started, and this was a time before the technology is where it is today, but you started with posters that literally had a photo and your, and your phone number. Uh, you know, I mean, this, this was a different time. Um, and it's, it's pretty, it seems pretty recent to us, but I think to, to a certain generation, uh, that may seem normal, but... That, that, you know, that was a different equipment, and that's one of the things, too, that, that I'm curious about, too, that I've always wanted to ask about the kind of future of, of, you know, having some of the tools and things you have accessibility to now versus what you did before. Does it change the game? Does it change the outcome, or, you know, is it more the mentality about the water and, and, and what you're doing versus what you Dude, have? there's so, so much, but you... It all comes together. Yeah. Dude, you got me thinking. How? Gosh, it's like you look back, since, you know, the early two thousands to to now. I mean, how how advertising has changed for everybody, for your business, for my business. I mean, it's incredible. Because you're right. I, I remember you know putting posters in the back windows of my my Jeep, and I would be driving around, and I thought you know, hey, I'd be promoting when I'd go to the grocery <laughs> store. People would see Musky Mastery right. on my car, and they'd say, oh, I better call this guy. And it's like. Not that not that folks don't advertise on sides of vehicles anymore, but you know you talk about the bulk of the advertising we do now, and you know it, it is not there. I mean, <laughs> it's done from a uh, it's done from a computer. Uh, it's it's a totally different ball game. So it's crazy. Man. Yeah, that's probably before before Instagram was even created. Before Instagram, for sure. Before Instagram, yep. I remember. I think like Facebook was like early, you know, two thousand three to two thousand five, something like that. So. In the early stages of Muskie Mastery, Facebook was uh, it was a thing, but it was it was uh, yeah. not. Anyway, so yeah, we got a lot of we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. We got a lot of good yeah, stuff yeah. to talk about tonight. So where, where should we where should we begin, man? What what uh, where do we want to dive in first? Well, for one, I I, I know that you know from this standpoint, I've I've I've, I've almost got a few questions for you and, and and you know thoughts on from a business standpoint. I've been watching, you know, and being close to a lot of the seasons. I've watched these through the YouTube platform, through, you know, going up through season five now. And 
one of the, the thoughts I've had and something that I was dining on this show and asked so everybody could, could hear because I, I want, you know, to kind of open up on some of these is, is with season six, because I know the filming's coming open here in the next month, literally. And what, you know, you've done five seasons now. What changes in season six? What can we expect? Because I'm a fan. Uh, what's going to come? Um, what's wow. different? What, what are you what are you thinking about dude there's so much to unpack here man and we and keep me keep me honest on I, I have to remember what I'm gonna say but dude that's a, that's an awesome question and thanks for asking that Chris I really appreciate that so because it, it, there's so much emotion in that question like you know what what is to come what's the new we always talk about raising the bar and and so I, I I'll say this like so from a from a very a very basic standpoint when I look at the musky mastery like YouTube and social media brand, Outside of the guiding, the guiding is a part of it. But you know, I think I've I think I've described this many times, probably in my videos. But um, just for starters, the the basic idea of musky mastery, generally speaking, revolves around two basic principles. And, and again, these are things like you're saying, like for season six, how do we want to? I want to expand on this. But but where where I have been in the last two seasons? Now it, it's different from where I want to go. But I I, I want the future to still always embody these two things. One um, being education. And most folks out there that are fans or listeners or followers know that I'm a high school science teacher. So education is in my roots. I mean, that is that is part of who I am as a person. My it's, It is a huge part of my identity. Like I, I wouldn't be having fun in this business if it wasn't about teaching people and me knowing that like what the, the content I'm putting out into the world, people can take from that and better themselves. People can improve their craft. People can catch more fish. People can find ways to help others improve, help younger, you know, folks, young, young adults, teens, kids get into the sport. So the education is a huge part of it. And the second part is the entertainment. You know, obviously we want to learn, but just like in any classroom that I'm in, you know, school isn't fun if you're not having fun. I mean, literally, uh, as cliche as that sounds sometimes, like you have to have fun. I want the the channel to, you know, again, be something where people are learning, but also be a source of interest in the sense that people are excited to watch an episode because it's it's exciting. You know, whether the edit is exciting or the, the musky catching is, is exciting or the, the storyline is exciting. So that's what I want to be. That's what, that's what I want to bring to the table in, in the channel. Like those are the big pieces. Now, in the future, and Chris, you and I have talked about this a ton, and we can really elaborate on this, is, you know, season six, there's a lot of things that are going to be coming in season six that I have aspirations, you know, I, I've, I've uh, you know, big ideas for season six. But one thing that I think you and I have talked about a lot, and I really want to, I really want to spend some time, and, and, I, and I, truly I mean that, spend some time, because when you're, when you're filming it's not, you're not, you know, you're not just going out fishing. I mean, there's many times we, we joke with other uh, videographers and, and producers that, you know, of course, this week, and I, Joe Booker and I talked about this all the time. Like, we could catch a lot more muskies if we were just simply fishing. Filming fishing and fi filming anything is a whole different beast in, in many ways because it's it's just, there's a lot of different part moving parts that happen. Anyway, I'm kind of getting around the, the question, but the big thing that I want to, I want to, you know, improve upon in season six is the the personal side of the story i want to bring more of myself more truly of myself um 
into the story. Now, what does that look like? I don't know. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things, and maybe maybe you can help me kind of elaborate on that. But I, but you know, that's I want to bring more uh, more true daily activities that you normally wouldn't see in the way that I've edited the last five seasons. You know, it's it's I I haven't really shown a lot of the behind the scenes. Here's really what's happening. Here here are my true emotions in this moment. I've shown Lost Fish. I've shown a lot of great catches and great victories, but there's a lot of life that gets lived, actually the bulk of life that gets lived between hook sets. I mean, there's there's a lot of living that goes on. The life of a guide, the life of a videographer, putting this whole thing together. I want to try to encompass that. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet. I think that when I think about that, I really, I really imagine myself spending like... Um, being disciplined in doing more vlogging, doing more storytelling, really trying to bring the audience. I think that's the best way I could describe it, Chris, is bring the audience with me more on the journey as to, as opposed to just like joining me to view a catch and learn about the catch. I want to start to bring people more with me in the preparation and the planning and the the more of the emotional pieces that go into hunting and even filming. Um so that was a little bit of a long-winded answer, but but that's really a lot of where my head's at. I think that's a that's a um, that I- ideology is you know has stemmed from a lot of conversations you and I have you and I have talked about this for God really the last five years. I think you've been pushing me to include more of the the lifestyle in these videos for a long time, um, and. It's, it's, it's to me, yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging to, to do for a variety of reasons, but it's just, but, yeah, but that's, that's where my head's at. You know, if you were to ask me, that's, that's the big change I want to bring to season six that would, that would definitely separate it in some ways, in many, you know, some ways from some of the other episodes or some of the other seasons, I should say. Yeah. It, so- it sounds like there's a, that's a good poll for, for Instagram or, or uh, Facebook to see <laughs> what, what, what do the fans want? Uh, I mean, that, that's a good question. Yeah, what what do people want to see? I what think, but you've talked watch? about that. You know, I mean, we all know what people want to see. I know what videos that I watch outside of musky fishing. Yeah. You know, I I do want to see people's lifestyles. I, you know. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, I, and you know, I I you know I I follow certain industries. You know, um, weightlifting and different things on there. Right, there's these big big industries on there, and outdoors is one of them for sure. It's huge, um, even. You know, specifically into musky fishing, there's a, and you and I see that there's a huge network for it. Um, but there's this curiosity with not just the outside in, but the inside out kind of mentality. They, they, fans want to once they see the surface stuff. There's a lot to, like you said, education. These are all huge elements of it. You have to have those, right? Which you have embedded in the channel. But I think there is, yeah. I, I think what I what I hope to see. Personally, again, I call myself a fan because I watch the videos like everybody else would. But what it, sometimes I like to see, because I'm not there, right? I come up and visit so you know every so often. But there's, I know being there in person for some of these adventures, there's a lot that goes on. Um, and I just need more than the fishing. There's stuff pre-fishing, during the segments, and, and even at the at the launch there's stories there's things that happen i don't know if you can capture everything um but i think if you can bring 
more of that to the fans to see a little bit of the outside, you know, things that are happening around this whole segment. I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's no, and you know, also, well, there's two things you're making me think of too, with regard to bringing, uh, what do we want to call this? Bringing more, how, how do we describe this? Bringing, bringing, uh, more lifestyle. And that's from all the pro staff folks. That's you, Mike Conti, Mike Richardson, Brian, big whiskey. I mean, um, you know, bring, bringing more of that lifestyle, more of the true essence of the hunt to the video, you know. Um, so I guess I was just going to say, well, you know, first of all, in the lifestyle piece, you know, sometimes I do, you know, if, if, if I, you know, I'm going to really, you know, put it all out here uh, this evening on this podcast, it's like, you know, there, there's definitely a, a risk factor that I think about. I, it's, it's, it's rooted in my, you know, own insecurities. Um, you know, when, you know... Putting putting the the real you know putting a lot of the behind the scenes stuff sometimes I mean insecurities in the sense of like do people want to see that do people would they be interested in hearing you know side chatter side conversations the I mean, all the little things I mean from for what I'm getting from this is like yes folks would want to see that I think they do but I do it, it's sometimes an internal battle that's one thing that I think about is you know is this valuable? I don't know. Should I film everything? And then I guess that's the better way to do it. And then you could look back and, and choose what you want later. Um, the other thing that honestly, that I, I, I probably don't, people that watch probably know this or maybe could sense it from, you know, getting to know me over the years. My personality is I do struggle with, you know, seriously, this is why part of the reason I, I, I brought this musky therapy podcast to life is I do struggle with musky anxiety. Like, for real, I get like sincerely musky anxiety. And by that, I mean that um, I, it's, it's something I, I want to improve on as a videographer and producer is, is dedicating time to the camera outside of traditional fishing filming. Um, because I get I get really tied up sometimes internally when I'm I have moon phases I have times I I start building this entire set list of spots and things that I want to do and my entire essence goes into the hunt and I know the cameras are going to be running but the cameras that are running sometimes are like the, I have the bare minimum amount of cameras running and I just want to get casting immediately because time is on the line. The big muskies are on the line. I don't want to waste a second of time to anything. It's, you know, boat into the water. I'm on the water. I'm hooking up the cameras and I'm going. And at the end of the day, you know, what, what is, what is that? You know, you know, you, you get, you, you get fish on camera. You get, you've got maximize your fishing time with, the, you know, the messing around that comes with, you know, traditional camera work, but you don't. It's, it is missing, like you said, some of all, all the, the little intricacies that, that, you know, I don't know. I, I do think it does make it special. They're all the things, the smells, the tastes, the sounds, the wildlife. These are things that, you know, should be included. And so I guess like getting back to it, I mean, that's the goal to, to bring more of that to the upcoming season. So. Yeah, you, I mean, you, you hit on a really good point because there's almost this, uh, and everybody has it to some degree and everything they do is there's almost this like there's and i mean this in the best way to selfish sort of i i have passion for this i want to spend as much possible time on the water because i want to be in the best possible position to to do this well how do i now take you know take because it's a lot of work out 
that's one of the biggest things that and I didn't even understand this because you see all these videos that are really well put together and you don't understand the hours unless you have a team doing all this stuff around the clock, right? Which not a lot of people have. It takes hours and even like many, many hours to edit and the music and the videos, right? So to level up because everyone when they watch seasons, right? You always are because you've always each year seasons has they kind of step up to step up to the next level. I think there's an expectation in anything for any of us, right? Sports, whatever, that things level up, that they're going to get better, or that there's more expectation. Once you do it really good, then they're expecting something else. No, I mean, no, I agree with you, man, Chris. I very much agree. It's like a life thing, right? So, so now, not only are you doing that of yourself, you're expecting more of you and on the water and of what the season is going to bring, but now the channel and the business has a higher expectation as well. How do you, I mean, that's even a question for you, right? And I don't know if, you know, if you've thought about that answer is how, how, and maybe it's something you almost have to go through to have a breakthrough in, in the next season is what is that balance? How do you maximize the water, but also figure out a way to maximize that exposure to the fans then? To sort of Dude, I think you're really, I love that. I love what you said there about balance. Because So you're, you're, you're reminding me, because I have thought about this. I've thought about new ways to introduce videos, introduce topics in, in a new way. You know, right now, what, what folks are, are used to for five seasons right now is, you know, the general... The general look to a, a musky Mastery video. And again, like you said, I, I, I think there there's... You know, I, I really think there's a lot of beauty to the way they're set up right now. I really enjoy it. Right now, you know, the way that these videos are usually set up, a very traditional musky Mastery video starts with um, some some drone scenes to, to set the scene, set the stage. Um, I'm really actually in season five, really trying to get back to my voiceovers to really set the scene for the viewer. Um, hook, hook them, draw them in, get them, get them hooked on the episode. We segue into the actual musky catch, and then we have the educational part where I kind of tell the story of the hunt and give some kind of takeaways from the catch. So that's the way, generally speaking, that these shows are uh, produced. That they're edited and produced. And and I have to pay homage to you know one of one of uh, my one of my best buddies, Joe Booker. I mean, I I mean you know it'd be crazy not to mention you know Joe uh, taught me um, a lot of what I know especially in my early days of filming when, when I was filming his television show um, with the big cameras on, on the actual dish networks and stuff. I mean, that was an, an you know, an incredible experience. And, um, but again, you know, it, like you said, what, what is, what's that balance now to bring, breathe some new life into this platform? Um, I think, I, I guess I'm just saying, I, I, I've thought about ways to take that educational part that's usually at the end of the videos and kind of, spread that out throughout um, throughout a, a segment. You know, start a video in a different way. Start a video with more of a, a description of the, the conditions. Join me on this hunt. So these are things I'm thinking about. It, it, you know, and then, with, and then even outside of that is, is filming more of the lifestyle pieces that, you know, I've tried to do, I think, successfully. If you look at the Gadorzi video, the Gadorzi video was the first video that I actually... And this is really per the Gadorzi video, which is the most successful video on the channel. Um, that was probably per a conversation you and I had, Chris. You pushed me to, I, I guarantee, years ago, that, that video was produced in 2017. And, and I guarantee 
you and I had had a conversation in the early, you know, early fall there. And you said, hey, you've got to film The Breakfast. You've got to film The Garage. And I did. And then we caught this big fish and it ended up being the best video we've had. The funny thing is I haven't really done, I guess there's been some videos I've done that with and they haven't quite taken off in the same sense, but I do think they're amazing videos. And then I kind of got away with it, got, got away from it but it's time to bring that back. So like you said, it's a balance, finding that balance. And um, I think it's, it's, it's tough to get out of the comfort zone because a, a lot of the, you know, the effort that I've put in in, in recent years has been in perfecting, you know, not, you, you never perfect hunting, um, but really working on my, my hunting side of the game um, and really trying to bring, um, you know, really trying to bring bigger fish to the camera. You know, that's, that's a very difficult thing to do um, and like you said, there's, there's, there's an amount of time that goes into that, not, not just on the editing side, but, but, um, uh, producing and, and putting yourself, I should say this, putting yourself in position for big fish on pressured waters. Uh, it's, it is a, it is a, it is a completely different ball game in, in, in pressured waters for large muskies. And it is, you know, boating, you know, 36 inches, 36 inch muskie is always welcome in my boat. They're great muskies, but those bodies of water are just not the same as your big fish waters and it, you know that that dedication and the time you know allocation to that you know catching fish of that caliber it's just a different it's a different realm so so yeah man i mean and you you know ask away man but that, that's that's where my thought is and again that's that's kind of a product of our conversations but but that's a big picture idea for season six i don't know what it's going to look like yet and that's kind of the that's kind of the cool thing about videography about filming a season is you kind of i'm a big fan of this man and, and we could I've, I've mentioned this uh, before for sure. Um, I'm a big fan with regard to a season. I'll say this, not including the videography part of it, but just talking about a musky season in general. I've come to believe that the best way, the best way to hunt, you know, when you look at it from May till December is to let the season, let the season guide you. You don't guide the season. You let the season guide you. You you let your you let the season inform your instincts and and guide you essentially to the to the way that it's going to unfold. Um, and not to get on a, a tangent here, but you know sometimes you know you look back at these seasons. You know, twenty twenty was a a record um, in many ways. And I say you know you 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 look you go into the winter and say, oh my god, how could we ever top that? Well. We did in many ways, maybe not by numbers in 2021, but we did in, in, with size and craziness. Um, and then you look at 2021 and you and you reflect, and you say, "Wow, what an incredible season! How could I ever top that?" And and in you you may not, you know, in it, all these seasons are different. You may not catch as many, or you may not catch as big, or you may catch, you know, five giant fish and no other muskies. You don't know how it's going to unfold, but I do think there's some beauty in letting the season unfold and. And I guess in that same sense, you have to let the filming unfold as the season progresses. I may try some things in May as I start to, you know, dive into the smallmouth bite. And I might say, wow, that's really cool. And, you know, maybe maybe we roll into that. Or maybe maybe we try some things in May that don't work. And we say, okay, but, you know, June rolls around. We're really going to have to re- rethink this again. This whole lifestyle aspect that I tried in May didn't work the way I planned. Let's read. Let's shoot it again, or let's let's try. Let's give a different take on it. So, probably getting off topic, Chris. But you know, there's so much that goes into it, man. I mean, literally, it's just.
The Musky Therapy Podcast is brought to you by Joe Booker Outdoors, number one in big game fish products, and by Recon Boats, made by craftsmen built for fishermen. Got her. Oh my gosh. No, no, this is, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's stuff I'm open ears. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit curious and I, you know, from a business standpoint, there's a lot that goes into it. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, I don't think everybody also knows all the intricacies of the, of the editing, unless you've done it before, right? There's a lot. Um, and, you know, we could all kind of become perfectionists too when it comes to that stuff. So it's really hard to want to let um, anything out to the public without feeling like it's your best work. So there's that side of it too. Yeah, and yeah, right? Dude, you're so right on, man. Because you, I do have that like level of, of perfection or level of, you know, like I want a video to look a certain way or give, give the viewer a certain feel or give the video, give the, give the viewer a certain um, uh, experience, really. I want the viewer to have an experience. And, you know, yeah, so there's a part of that getting out of your comfort zone. We talk about this all the time. But, you know, in the words of Tom Gelb, and you and I have said this before, if you do what you've always done, you will get what you've always got. You, you will get what you've always got. And I do think there's something to be said in life in whatever you do by, for taking risks. Because um, if you don't try anything new, you're never going to know what you were capable of, right? Um, yeah, and I, you know, and, I, and I think that that's why it comes down to that. It's almost like the breaking point is sort of, because there's no fancy equation that can figure out the balance of time when it comes to this kind of stuff. So there's this, there's, like I said, there's this, there's this selfishness that everybody has for their passions. Cause we all do. If I want to, I love golf. If I want to, I don't want to film the golf. I want to go play. Um, <laughs> so there's, I mean, that's the reality of it. But, but if there's a business side for me and I had a, 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 a really important community that I was bringing this to, and it was a community like you have within the fishing community. If there's something special and unique like that, then I think I'd I try and find ways to to take it upon myself, which you've done obviously for five seasons, to to bring that to, to the community in the best way you can. And because you have that ability to do that, now it becomes because you've gotten to the stage, and I think that's where we've gotten to this topic of how much it, what elevates it now. And what changes it now? Now, it doesn't have to, right? There's that other side of the saying is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I guess that's the other side, right? So the channel's not broke. They well, here's, dude, things. I totally agree with you, man. And here, here's where, and here's where I've, I've, um, and honestly, there's, there, I think folks will start to see, I mean, I hope, uh, this change for sure. You know, I, I think 2021 was in, in, is, is folks see season five unfold, um, and they're seeing it now, you know, as we, as, uh, you know, episode nine is going to be rolling out uh, here very soon as we're, time we're recording this uh, podcast. But um, there's, there's definitely a line in the sand to a certain extent on, I shouldn't say that, but I, you know, I guess, I guess, uh, you know, looking back over the seasons, the, this, the 2021 season, there was, and, and, and I'm just, just speaking very openly on this, there was by myself and, and everybody that I filmed with a sincere effort to target large fish and viewers would be like, Oh, do you, you, what do you mean? You didn't target large fish in the past? Like, well, I mean, the honest truth of that is not always. No. I mean, uh, in, in years past, as I, as I was growing into this, this, you know, videography world, you know, you want to, you want to put yourself in as many positions as possible to, to get, you know, numbers of muskies on cameras and produce content. And, um, 
And I still want that. And that, you know, in this, you know, again, that's a big part of how the season unfolds that kind of changes, uh, you know, those those tactics and the way you're going after your, your hunts, the lakes that you're, you're choosing. But I think that 2021 was unique and it's where I want to go. The direction for the channel is, you know, I just spent, we spent as a team more time hunting truly big fish. And there were a lot of days, man. There were a lot of days where we didn't catch anything. And it, it, they would lead up to a big catch. And sometimes they would lead up to a big loss. Sometimes they would lead up to a big catch. It would all balance, it all balances out at some point. But, but you know, 2021, we, we, the reason it is going to be such an exciting uh, season is because there was an emphasis placed. There was a dedication placed on going after trophies. We, we said, okay, we're not going to maybe have as many episodes, but the fish we have, when we do get them and things go our way, they're going to be worth seeing. And I want to bring that for sure to season six. That's something I'm really trying to focus on is finding new waters that produce big fish consistently, more consistently than numbers lakes. And uh, I, th- I think that's a, that's a very exciting challenge for me is, you know, you, you look at you know, our area of Wisconsin, Vialis, Oneida, Forest Counties, Price County, uh, you know, the, these these definitely would be considered pressured waters. So again, that's the goal for moving forward is to continue that, you know, truly a dedication to, to, to putting trophies in the net. And, you know, so, um, and then if you can combine that with the lifestyle piece, but yeah, but that, you know, that's something that where the channel's kind of going, you know, it doesn't mean just, it doesn't mean that I don't, you know, enjoy getting out on a, one of my old, you know, numbers lakes and sticking a couple good fish when the conditions are good because they're, you know, they're all fun to catch. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. And, and folks know this about me that have guided with me and watch the channel. Look, I get, I get just as excited about a 30 inch muskie as I do a 50 inch muskie. I mean, within reason, I mean, I still love muskies, you know, small ones, big ones would take them all. So, um, anyway, yeah, I, you know, anybody, I, yeah, anybody might hear that and, and probably laugh and say, Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that, but I, I believe it's true because because I've seen you on the water catch any fish. It could probably not even be a muskie, and I think it's still a great day on the water. So I, I actually believe that, but like you said, within reason, I'm glad you threw that in there because I guess I have to think, and I'm curious what your thoughts are, that when you've caught enough of a certain kind of fish, like it goes back to the topic of this growth and everybody always wants something, not to say everybody always wants more, that's not the right way to put it. Everybody always wants to achieve more or go to the next level. When you talk about this, a whole other spectrum of it, it's more rooted in the fishing rather than going off the topic of the filming aspect in the business. The true part of the fishing, like I made the reference to golf, it's like getting a better score. When you look at fishing, there's not really a, you know, you could say I've caught this many or I've caught this kind of fish, but when you talk about the size and you talk about, let's say, like a world record, is that a lure, no pun intended, to, to wanting to be on the water more? Is that there's this sort of fantasy with I'm going to find this this prehistoric, like, 70-inch muskie that's lurking in the waters? Or is it more that I'm going to be my personal best? Like, is any of that even in your mindset? Or well, is it just, I don't care whatever happens today if I catch the, the fish that's 60 inches, it happens. And I wasn't, you know, I'm tracking these fish, but I, I, I didn't really know that was going to happen. 
Well, first of all, when you and I, so I guess I want to, I want to, I'm going to go off topic. I'm going to, I'm going to get away from the question for just a second and just, and try to explain. So I want to, I want to like, I don't say, I shouldn't say be careful with my words, but I want to like, like, let's get this out there. Like outside of filming, I, I truly enjoy catching muskies. I mean, just for my own challenge, the challenge of it. They're very difficult to catch. Um, everything, everything that goes into it. If the cameras weren't rolling, I would still, and probably even more so, be more excited and goofy than I am maybe sometimes when the cameras are rolling. Uh, you know, maybe the language might change a little bit. You know, who knows? But, but when, when, you're, when you're filming, and you and I have talked about this, Chris. I'm going to get to your question because this is a really neat question about kind of the, the, the allure of musky fishing and, and what we're doing out there um, and what drives us to keep going. But one thing that I do want to point out from a from a videography standpoint, when you, when you're dealing in, in just the value, why I do get so excited, and I guess the reason I started my, my answer off was this: like I get excited about a 34 inch muskie no matter what, if I caught it without a camera or not. But, but when the camera is rolling, to to the videographer or the the producer, that fish is so valuable. It's so, I don't care what size muskie it is. You catch a 40-inch muskie, I mean, that fish is so valuable to me because it is, it is to me, it is a win. It is an episode that is in creation. You don't, and, and again, it's not to say you have to have a catch to have an episode. That's not true. You can have, I've had some great episodes on muskies lost or even episodes where no muskie was there at all. Um, but the, the the beauty of it is, is all the muskies you catch are so valuable because you're dealing with, um, you're you're dealing with with uh, unpredictability in in such a major sense when you're dealing with wild animals, and a lot of people don't think about fish as animals. I mean, they're animal, they're wild animals, and I I can you know use the weather and the moon and this and that, but you're you're really trying to you're really trying to work with wild creatures. I can't. You and I have talked about this again. I keep saying this, but we talk about. Um, you know, you know, bodybuilding YouTube channels, and, and you know, not to say that their job is any easier than mine per se, but they're not relying on the behavior of some animal when it comes to creating an episode. They are relying on other things, and maybe you know, perhaps I'm not. But that's one of the most challenging aspects of the filming thing. First of all, is that when I go out there and I do catch a muskie or or a pro staff member or a client or anybody catches a muskie, it is a victory, especially on the filming side of things, because that means we have the ability to create content. I want to create content for my viewers and my subscribers. Um, so that's that just makes like any catch in the boat so special because it, it's just, it's, it's, it's an opportunity and they're so tough to catch. And anytime you get a muskie on camera, it's like, wow. What what a victory! Not only were you tough to catch, but we also got you on camera, and now we can start. You know, we're we're putting this story together for the viewer, so it's a really valuable thing. So it it just even adds that much more excitement to the catch because you can you can tell the story with it, and it, it's just that cool. I, I so just to the other point of like you know what you're, I don't know. I guess I'll just it just seems like the 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 the, the lure of the allure of, of, of musky hunting, I do think there is definitely, and we could go on a wild, wild uh, conversation talking about this, depending on where you want to go tonight. But when you, when you put the boat in the water and you, you start your hunt, I mean, for me, I mean, I definitely, I remember this as a kid. I remember this fishing with you 
um, on, you, you know, the lake that you and I cut our teeth on uh, for bass fishing with the great Uncle Tommy and Grandpa Jim, Jimbo. Um, you know the lake I'm talking about, man. We set the records oh, yeah. on the bass and we, you know, you cut your first muskie there. I mean, we caught some great muskies there. But, you know, I remember growing up as a kid and I had that, like, this like nervousness, this like the chilling, the, the, the anxiety of like wondering on every single cast you throw out is something, is it going to be, you know, what is it going to be? Is it going to be a giant? And I, I think that it's such a neat thing when you, when, when you start a hunt and you start, you know, any spot I'm at still even to this day, you know, some, I mean, gosh, I mean, fishing muskies now for 25 years, I still have the same feeling. It's this, it this, this mystique to it of when I set the hook, what is it going to be? You know, is, is it going to be 50 plus pounds? Is it going to be 50 inches? Is it going to be 25 inches, 25 pounds? I don't know. I do think that's part of the, the beauties of musky hunting and why it's so scary sometimes is because you really, I mean, you really don't know. You, you can have a general idea of the type of fish that you may encounter on any given hunt, but you really don't know. And, and on some bodies of water, that don't know aspect of it becomes even scarier because Lord knows what that lake's got swimming in it. And, and every time you go out there, you get that, that scary thought of is today going to be the day? Do I, I mean, will I encounter that fish? I mean, I just, I don't know. Um, and that, that, that's part of it that draws me, um, outside of the challenge of, of, you know, consistency in hunting outside of the, the challenge of, trying to understand an ecosystem how speed you know I, I talk about this from a science perspective it's 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 you know you, you be you're a science i envision i envision myself as a scientist out there because you're you're trying to understand how species interact with their environment how species interact with other species and you must insert yourself into the the ecosystem into you know, this, this whole process of life, you know, there's life and death and there's, there's animals that eat other animals and you're trying to emulate prey that another animal is going to eat. And you're trying to do this and, and it very, and it changes over different times of the season, right? You know, in May or let's say in June, my approach is different than it is in July and it's different than it is in August and definitely different than it is in October and November. It's, it's totally different because you, you have to adapt to a changing a changing system. The system is not static. The system is extremely dynamic. And not only is it dynamic in a given season, not only is it dynamic in a given month, but it's, it is changing on a yearly basis. It's changing on a, um, I don't know if this is a word, decadal basis on every decade. I mean, the systems change. You can have invasive species go in and change things and you can have restorative processes by humans we can restore our waters and get invasive exotics out of there and we can improve i mean you've seen this in catch and release musky fishing we this is the golden age of musky yeah. fishing i'm going on a tangent get me off no, the mic get me off the mic isn't it crazy how many things impact yeah it's it's unbelievable and how many things have changed over time and, and how it changes the fishing culture and, and what happens um i i had a i had a thought um you know, related to, to what, what's the biggest muskie you've caught? Well, there's two. I, I have the uh, Canadian, my Canadian uh, personal best and my Wisconsin personal best. Canadian personal best was caught in 2016, July of 2016. I, I believe it was July. No, it was mid-July. We'll just say that mid-July of 2016, 
it's a it's a show on on Joe Booker's channel. It's Musky Zilla is the name of the episode. And that was uh, 54 inches long. With I have to remember, I think it was a 26 inch girth. It was an incredible fish. Um, probably you know safe to say it was it was over 40 pounds. It was a monster on a glide radar. So that was that was my biggest Canadian fish and biggest muskie of all time. Biggest Wisconsin fish that I am also very 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 proud of was a recent. Uh, catch last last season in August, uh, 51 inches on the dot on the bump board, and uh, didn't get a girth measurement. I wish I had gotten a girth on that muskie, but 51 inches on a top rater, um, very special fish for me, um, eclipsing the 50 inch range in Wisconsin. So, um, so yeah, those are my, those are my biggest man. I'm looking at some of these, yeah, it's 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 just crazy. And one of the things that I'm thinking about that not everybody probably puts together is the the amount of time you, know, you can go out fish for the first time ever and get lucky, I guess, and, and catch a 50-inch muskie, but, and I'm sure people have done it, um, but it seems to me like because of what you're talking about, the consistency, the time on the water, and placement, that the more time you have on the water, the better chances you'd have, but one thing you just said that, that for me, even as an angler, when I'm there on the water, that I don't do, and this might be for anybody listening, what's really interesting is, I relate it back to golf, right, because you know, I just like you played before. You, you and I golf. both, yes. Yeah, and there's something about, now that's a sport I can relate to because you know, I don't play like basketball or anything professionally or never have, but golf I've played to a certain degree. And one of the things is when you're standing over the ball, and I'll relate this back, but when you're standing over the ball, something that a lot of people don't know about golf is there's a confidence in mental game. It's a huge mental game because you can swing your shot, and I will tell you the truth, and you know this being a golfer, if you think the shot and you take the same swing, when you're confident, you're thinking this ball is going to go where I want it to go, and you really know a feeling when you're really confident it will go there. And when you stand over the ball and take this, the, take the same swing, but you think a different thought that this ball is going to go fly in the water. Most people probably listening hit a ball in the water. They know, right? <laughs> you're thinking that it's going to be exactly what it is, and it goes there. When you lose the confidence, now one really interesting thing that I never thought about before is people who are really good at fishing, right? You're like, well, wait, we're all casting and doing movements with the lures and these things and emulating a fish or whatever. Well, what I'm curious about is what you just said is on every single cast, you're anticipating this potential monster fish or fish. And is there a confidence in the way then that on every single cast you're bringing the bait in as if that's you know when you take you know we all feel when you take a final cast of the spot it's like the best cast <laughs> you do it the best timing where this is the one well it sounds like you do that in all of them and it relates back to the golf equation of sometimes we get a little lazy and we, we don't think about the shot the way we're supposed to and then we lose the confidence on it so I'm wondering if it's not just the time on the water because it's like that's like going to practice golf and not practicing a good swing you can spend all the time you want you're not going to get any better so like with fishing I'm wondering how much of it then is is every cast and the confidence behind every single hole and reel that you're bringing in? And well, okay, so I'm not going to go on. I'll tough thing to do. no, I'll save my tangent for the second part of my answer. But the first part is, I think that I think that having that confidence. Well, and some of that's just like you know, like anything. Like I mean, I guess you can grow into that. Um, that I think that that some of the confidence in every cast thing is when I, when I know, I don't know. I guess I just I try to consistently put myself in what I believe 
in those situations are truly incredible spots. Like I, you know, um, even if I'm scouting new water and we're scouting new water together, like, you know, I, I truly believe that like the spot that we're fishing is, has any, any one of the casts I'm throwing out there has potential to, to, you know, produce something incredible, you know, monstrous fish or any musky for that matter. If I start to get the feeling that my casts aren't giving, you know, when, when my casts aren't giving me that feeling anymore, I go back to the drawing board and I say, well, if I'm not feeling that anymore, I'm not going to just bang my head against the wall. I'm not going to keep casting if I don't feel that, like, that jittery, anxious edge on every cast. If I'm not feeling that, you're probably not on the right spot, or you probably should manage your time so that you should get on a spot that does give you that feeling. Um, Now, like you said, some of that absolutely comes with confidence, especially when you're fishing new waters or especially when you're testing spots out you know, why does a spot, even though you've never fished it, give you that weird feeling? Why does it make you feel anxious during the cast? Because you know something could be biting. Well, it's good. You know, that, that comes with time on the water. I think the time on the water thing, what's neat about that, you talk about a confidence. Like, where does the confidence come from? Confidence in, in fishing and hunting, or I'm just going to say hunting because we're talking about muskies. Confidence in hunting, this time on the water thing, I think that the the more time you spend interacting with another species, right? I mean, you know, the more time you spend understanding the species, the more time you spend with that that animal in in all different conditions, in all different times of the year, in all of your different, you know, times of growth of your life and different things, you you start you start to you start to be able to in, in my opinion, I think you're able to make predictions about major ecosystem movements. And again, this all leads back to confidence on like a given amount of casts. But the more time you spend in the water and the more, like you said, you catch a 51-incher and you made, let's say, on that fish, and I and I will humbly say I made a prediction. I, I had, I, 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 on that 51-incher, and I said it in the introduction of that video, I had a feeling that do because of the conditions that particular spot was going to hold a muskie. I knew that for sure. I didn't know how big the fish was going to be, but I knew that darn spot was going to hold a fish. All the conditions were there. It was like there was like blinking lights pointing to the spot in my head saying, "There there's muskies here. Everything's yeah, here. The, Cast here." But the confidence, the confidence though comes from s- repeatedly failing. The confidence comes from this weird mixture of failing over and over and over and over. I mean, I, I can remember as a kid, I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. I remember I got out there in the rowboat. I had no trolling motor. I actually had no musky net when I caught my first musky. And, you know, not to say that I didn't have the resources available. I had a great boat that, you know, um, you know, our dad was, was you know, kind enough to buy us as, as kids. He's a great rowboat, old, the old Lumacraft and the 9.9 Evinrude. But, but so many failures go go into you know a lifetime of 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 hunts where you didn't catch anything you you tried things that never worked and then all of a sudden over those years I mean, this is decades for me i mean i'm only, i'm only 35 but this is decades that go into this all right all right so interesting so it's so confidence it doesn't just come from from just practice or some of the know-how <clears throat> a lot of it sounds like it comes from from just time on the water and experience and you can't get that 
just in a year of fishing. You can get good, but to have the kind of confidence to feel every little bit of, of the way you're taking in the lure and to have some of those aspects you've been able to bring to the sport, you're just saying it takes a look at, at time at the end of the day, time on the water. Yeah, you know, in, in the thing that's really neat about this, Chris, like just hunting in general, whether it's muskies or whitetails or elk or, you know, bears or whatever it is. I mean, I think the neat thing about confidence is Mother Nature will challenge you on so many levels. Like you can you can have two decades, three decades, four decades of experience. But the beautiful thing about this sport that's so cool, it makes you... It makes you um, really bow down. It, it, you, it makes you so appreciative of, of how difficult it is. Is because on so on so many days. On I mean, maybe I'll say every day. Even though I am confident, you still Mother Nature and 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 living organisms challenge you because you 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 know you and I know each other as brothers. I I, I know you pretty darn well. I don't know everything about you, which is funny but I know you pretty well. I don't know what's going on inside the brain of a muskie. I've never talked to that particular muskie I'm hunting. you right. So I mean, I, I have predictions about the behavior of that fish, what it might be thinking or what it might be feeling, but I don't really know. And I guess, I guess just like that's the neat thing about, you know, your confidence grows over time. Your confidence grows, you know, with time on the water, but you're, but you're always being challenged. You're always being put into situations where you, you do have to question yourself. You do have to question, you have to draw on those years of experience and, you know, and, and you do because, you know, you, you have oftentimes in the sport, uh, you know, the make or break, you know, a lot of times on these big fish that, that, that we've caught these great hunts, when it comes down to it, that decision to go to that particular spot where we caught a fish that was that was a 50-50. Maybe that was maybe that was a maybe that was a um maybe maybe I had four spots in mind and I and I ultimately decided that the odds were in my favor on that spot. By how much? I don't know. Sometimes you have to look back and you you think, "Wow, if I would have done this or I would have done that, I never would have caught that fish." So, yeah, that's that's amazing. Wouldn't you love to have a uh, podcast hour with a muskie? Probably <laughs> probably yes. Probably a lot of questions. Or even just a just a ten seconds to to, to ask or, or hear anything that a muskie would have to say. It's like well, what people say about their dogs. But as funny as that it's is, like a constant thing. But as funny as that is, though, that you know, and I, I won't get too long winded on this, but you know, they they do talk to us. I think that that's that's that next level um, of you know speaking the language of you know of of the the species you target. I mean, they they do talk to you. Sure. But it's but it's in the way that you interpret their their behaviors. I mean, they they do speak to you, I guess, and that's a and that's a whole different take on on the sport of hunting. When you kind of look at it that way, and you say, okay, what what is the what is the ecosystem telling me? What is the wind telling me? What is what is this month telling me? What you know what what is it? You know, do you do you, do you, you know? I, that's the way I I think about it. I mean, I, I look at these I look at these systems, and and you you listen, and they tell you things. It's not as not as straightforward as a podcast, but you know, uh, if if you do listen carefully and you do let your senses guide you, I do think these uh, I do think these fish speak to you. Um, so it's very yeah, interesting. Yeah, it, it sounds like there's the, part of it's the mechanics, the equipment, and and you need some equipment. You need, I mean, I guess you, you know to a certain extent, right? But but it sounds like the the uh, 
the real challenge is putting yourself in the mind of the of the fish you're chasing and trying to understand given all the things so that you have the equipment and everything already on board so that's already set you're prepared but then when you're out there the time in the water in the sense you've gotten over the years is you have outside factors moon phases weather patterns the water like you know, even the depth where you're fishing, the weeds, anything, you know, these are, this isn't as in-depth, you know, from my knowledge of it, right? This might be more in, in uh, general terms, but then you have to think of the fish, and it's something I have to think about is, yeah, when you go to choose a spot, what then forces you to decide of that spot at that exact time? And that's, again, probably time. But, yeah, and, and even the funny thing is you're, like, saying, you're, like, Chris, you, you do know quite a bit about musky fishing, obviously, but, but sometimes you... You said it, it is a general. It's it, it you you can make it general, which is kind of funny. Like is is complex as our technology's gotten. Sometimes you do have to take a step back and think a little more uh, holistically about certain things. You know, you can overcomplicate things. You know, sometimes the the beauty of of nature is really is such that like it is complicated as it is. Sometimes when you take a step back and you you kind of just look at what you're trying to do, you you can think about it pretty in a very easy sense, right? Like muskies eat smaller fish. If you want to catch muskies, learn what the smaller fish are doing or where they are. It's like it's a very simple recipe for success. But you know, then again, then as you as you take your microscope and you turn up the magnification, then. You know, of course, things get more complicated. But from a big picture, you know, standpoint of what we're trying to accomplish, yeah, it's it's a very easy, you know, scenario. You know, we're just trying to catch a predator that's feeding on things, and you know. So anyway, anyway, yeah, we 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 could we could uh, we can continue on. I, I, it's it's fascinating. No, stuff. it's it's simple, isn't it? You know, and I when I think of golf, I just think you know all I got to do is put it in the center of the fairway on eighteen holes in a row and put on the green. <laughs> right. <and all> it. <laughs> it's, it's simple to think about. It's so you keep it simple. All you got to do is putt and put the ball on but. We all know it doesn't ever quite work that way, and I think fishing's the same. You're you're spot on. You've been doing this for long enough, so hearing you say that's nice, but it's one of those easier said than done. You know, when you're out there dealing with the elements, and and you have to put your body through that too. That's probably a whole other podcast talking about oh my gosh, yeah, and, and uh, what it takes sometimes to get those big ones, and when maybe you were about to turn it off, whether it was weather or even evening hours, and that extra minute maybe was the difference between some of the stories probably where a lot of where you've gotten to is because of that kind of stuff um but let's let's talk numbers i'm curious because you're you're a numbers guy i've known at least from from the years i've followed this from the beginning that that you've tracked i don't know to the extent because it's a lot of years a lot of fish to track but in the beginning i know you had an idea most of the time of the numbers each season what's the what's the the clients aside maybe even what's the grand total for Chaz martin how well, many I don't know. Lifetime? You know, I, I can give you a I can give you a ballpark estimate, and and I, I do consider client muskies are my my muskies too. Like because those are, okay. you know, yeah. guiding guiding is such an intimate process with the with the customer and the whole situation. Like, you know, in in even so, like actually, I'll say that those muskies when when I you know include client numbers in 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 my my tally. Those are even more valuable to me because you have to oftentimes with, you know, you get all walks of life that come on board and all different experience levels. When, when those people that are inexperienced are boating muskies consistently, you are at the top of your game. Because, because when you have consistent catches for clients, 
you, <laughs> I'm laughing, but like, because you've, you've, you know, clients have, and we, we all lose muskies, but you know, when you're beginning, when you're really learning, you're losing a lot more muskies because of like, you know, technique, uh, failures and things like that, where, you know, as you get better, you'll, you'll catch more muskies for doing, you know, better techniques and this and that. But, but I guess what I'm saying is, you know, those, those, those numbers are valuable to me because I feel as a guide, I had to, I had to do, I had to work very hard to put, you know, put a client in a position to catch a fish or really in that sense, when clients catch muskies to catch, put them in position multiple times to catch and then maybe we'll get one or two out of eight or how many it might be in a given day, you know, you never, and those are on crazy days. You never know. I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to talk negatively about like client muskie skills. I'm just saying, you know, like, you know, inexperienced anglers that come on a trip, they're coming there to learn those, those numbers are important. Anyway, I'm getting away from the point. How about how many have entered the net? How many have entered the net? My average. So in the last decade, so muskie mastery is going into year 16, which is hard to believe. Um, 16. Yeah, six, 16 wow. years of guiding, man. Um, crazy. I, I will, and, and we're sometimes we're, uh, in, in more recent years, in the last five years, we've been probably ahead of, uh, of a hundred muskies a year. Um, and that's, and that's all sizes. That's, that's, you know, your 30 inchers, your 50 inchers, doesn't matter. Um, so I'd so say. You, so you voted thousands in the thousands yeah i mean i'd say we've definitely voted oh yeah in the in the last 16 years or let's say 15 years we've voted we've voted thousands of muskies and i have i have somewhere i i kept track of those you know i'd I'd say the first decade of of muskie mastery i mean i have a paper log i used to record on on video or not on video but i used to do like these little voice voiceover things i had like recording devices i had fishing logs when i was younger actually a lot of these fishing logs date back a long time prior to musky mastery so a lot of musky catches before the guide service was born um are documented somewhere i have them somewhere saved in a, in a notebook um and then since then i really document on video every every musky we catch is on video not all of them make youtube but they're all they're all documented in some way, shape, or form. So yeah, I mean, we've we've caught. I, I'm very grateful to say. I mean, I'm you know blessed to say we've caught thousands of fish, and clients have caught lots of muskies. It's been a great it's been a great deal, man. Um, but I'd say on on an average, on a, on a great year, on a good year, and now a lot of times you know, and again, it also depends where you fish. But for me, in in Vilas County, Oneida, Vilas County, Wisconsin, Northern Wisconsin. Um, and, and a lot of folks know that I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm, I semi, semi full time. I mean, I'm a, I'm a teacher, so I, I don't have the benefit of being on the water as much as I would love to, you know, in, in, um, you know, the end of August, September, October, November. So we're catching a hundred muskies a year, um, fishing full time from Memorial day till, you know, mid August. And then from there we're on, we're on weekends. So we're, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that number given the amount of time we're on the water. If I was able to fish year round for muskies, you know, we, 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 we would have more. Um, that would be awesome. But, uh, but as a teacher, as a teacher, that's what, that's where I'm at. And that's, you know, and I'm very happy with that. If we caught 
you know, 50 muskies in a year, you know, I'd be happy with that too. But, you know, maybe you just, again, that, that comes with the territory of where are you fishing? Are you, are you focused on numbers waters? Are you focused on, on trophy waters? Um, so that, that number may vary. You know, if I have a, a, a year where we catch 75 muskies, but my average size is, is 43 inches or 44 inches and I'm focused on big fish water, that's, that's what I was focused. That's what I was aiming to do. But if I caught 125 muskies and I was on action water and my average size was 37 inches, you know, that's great too, but that's what I was trying to do. So it all depends on what I do. A lot of times for clients, we're focused on action waters. I, it changes over the years. A lot of my longtime clients now are focused on bigger fish. So we're fishing harder waters to crack. We, we, we're catching less muskies in those situations, but our, the payoff is much bigger. You know, instead of your 37, you, you know, you, you get a crack at 47s and, and those are pretty special, obviously. So, yeah. So that's, that's a little numbers of, yeah. Yeah. I, I just ran quick math. I mean, 16 seasons, even if it was only 90 full days, given everything else, you know, you're calling like that working days. That's an average of over 1.1 muskies per day in season mode, which is, which if this was like Michael Jordan's basketball stats, um, <laughs> don't compare me to Michael there. Jordan. <laughs> well, thinking of, uh, or just saying stats, right. Um, if, if, if you think about that, because no one really has like, and maybe in the fishing industry, that's not something people would look or compare, but that's a pretty impressive number. So if, if uh, someone was going guiding and you said, well, on average in a given day, we catch over minimally over a muskie, on a given day based on knowledge and how we're going to hit it. Now you can't guarantee that. That's right? an interesting. About that too. Yeah. 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 How do you, how do you perform based on it? You're, you're catching a, a fish. How do you perform that too? To be able to uh, consistently produce videos. But when you have stats like that, it's like when you go to a basketball game on that reference and you expect to see some good numbers put up and, and it happens <laughs> because you have a record and it, it, it kind of just goes uh, by that from the historical perspective. But I will ask because all that said now, you break down those numbers and, and I don't know the exact number of over 50-inch class fish that fit in there, specifically even in the Wisconsin waters, but I can't imagine it's it's less than 5%. Um, and, and it's not, I assume, given to the abilities of, of your fishing. It's given to how rare not only is the species, maybe that size fish exists in that body or those bodies of water, but um, given that you're putting in immense amounts of time and then, then the yield to those larger fish is only a certain amount. It can just show people over 16 years how a little bit of luck mixed in can produce a big fish, but a lot of time on the water shows how often maybe those fish do come around. So oh. goes to all that to say a question of what's what's your yeah, – this is probably the hard thing. You've never gotten this question before. What's the best muskie of all time? I mean, can you even – that's like asking someone – again, I keep making sports references because this is a sport, but like – what's your best championship, right? That's like asking Tiger Woods that. It's probably hard to say. But if I asked you what your best trophy fish, or fish in general, could be the first fish you ever, first muskie you ever caught. I remember that story. Or it could be the biggest muskie you ever caught, or there was one in particular. Well, okay, so first thing I will say, one, and and, I, and it's, it's it's humbling, because um, I'm, you know, I'm very proud of, of the fish that I've caught, my clients have caught, families caught. But, you know, I, you, you bring that up, you know, out of thousands of muskies uh, over the last 15 years. You know, we've caught 
um, I'll just I'll just say this: we've caught um, less than less than ten of those muskies in in the counties that I fish have been fifty inches or better, which and is. Statement to the fan, or you know, anybody listening to understand. Yeah, and again, it, luck can be play into that, but how hard? And yeah, I mean, in my neck of the woods, and in, in, in yeah. listeners, and in, in you know, buddies of mine that that fish in Vilas and Oneida counties, they know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that. And I'm and I'm being like is is truthful and honest. I could make up some goofy number for folks on this podcast, but I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Why? What What good is it to? to try to, you know, fake some goofy number of 50 inch fish. But, um, I, I'd have to look at my records again, but I believe we have, I mean, with clients included, we've boated seven, seven muskies, I think six, six or seven muskies in the last 15 years, um, that have, that have hit the magic five O mark, like truly true and blue fifth 50 or better, you know, and that's out. And that, I mean, you think about how rare that is in my neck of Now, on different bodies of water, you know, if I fished Green Bay for an entire year, you you best believe that that number is going to change a lot. If I fished Lake St. Clair, we would have a lot more 50-inch or better muskies. If I fished Lake of the Woods all year long, holy cow, we'd have a lot of 50-inch muskies on the board. So it's not about, and this goes for anybody, and this is just, I mean, it's a confidence booster for anybody who fishes tough tough water um it's not a you know your your angling skills and, and all that stuff it's it, it's it's about the water you fish you know it's it's about the the presence of those large muskies in the system not all musky waters are created equal it's funny actually by the way and i don't want to i'm not going to bring up names but i had a you know i had a, another guide i posted a muskie a year ago it was a it was a 48 and a half bumped a bumped 48 and a half inch muskie by the way i'm gonna i'm going on a, a side note here chris by the way because this one this is this is classic i i had a bumped 48 and a half inch muskie which i believe that year was my was the biggest fish i think yeah i think it was the biggest muskie i had in the boat like maybe two years ago 48 and a half true and blue is a beautiful fish um september muskie and i posted it and i said hey Look at this beast. This is, you know, giant musky. And this other guide who fished in a different state, I won't even say what state, said, what are you talking about? That's not a big fish. And I I, I, I rarely on social media get, uh, you know, get riled up. But in this particular instance, I felt, because I was very proud of that fish, and I, I felt pretty compelled to write a spicy comment back to this particular individual. And I said, look... I said, this, this is a big fish. Sorry for, you know, just correcting you. But I said, this is a big fish for my, the water that I fish, the area that I fish, the, the population of muskies that I target, this individual that I just caught is the top. This represents like the top, you know, 0.5% of the muskies that, that live in my locale. And so, yeah, so it's a huge fish for my area. If you put that muskie on Green Bay or Lake of the Woods or um, Lake St. Clair, like, yeah, it's a it's a big fish. It's not a giant, 
It's not a giant on those waters, but in my waters, it is a giant. And the funny thing was, so I kind of roasted this guy pretty bad. And then I had a bunch of, and I, I love my musky mastery followers, my, my fans and viewers. And they all chimed in like pretty quickly. And I didn't realize how fast they chimed in and started like, you know, they started, you know, get, they started getting after this guy and then he deleted his post. Um, (laughs) You know, real quick, I'll just piggyback off it because here I go with another sports analogy. I feel like everybody's going to be like, what? I didn't want to, I didn't want to go down this road, but for some reason I went down this road and it's kind of funny because this this would be a great podcast all together. Just talking about the internet, some of the things people do, it's just ridiculous. But I, I, for anybody listening to, and everybody, the sports analogies are easy, but I'll I'll use golf again because I play it. I I know you do too. And we play competitively. But what I can say is because if this might make sense when it comes to the, your experience and then the bodies of water you're fishing, there's a limit to what you can do based on the environment you're in. So the golf analogy I'll give is if I go play my backyard course here in California, that's what I call my home course with some of the guys I play with. If I go shoot a 72, I can post that all day. You know what? Everybody's going to say, wow, you're really good. That's a great score. You're really good. Just like if you caught a 55 inch bench, oh, that's huge. You're, you're, we're judging you by that. But if I go play, let's be honest, if I go play like Augusta National, I mean, and I have to be honest, like even if I played well, I would shoot like an 85 or a 90. I mean, that course is ridiculous, right? If I posted that score, everybody's going to go, you're terrible. You're, you're awful at golf. And it's not the reality. It's, it's, it's by the environment you were playing with it. Now, I don't know if that might be a bad analogy, but no, it's I think a good a analogy. Do it. No, it's a good analogy. Now, if I'm really, really good, maybe I would shoot decent at Augusta. But, it, but there's, there's times where, um, you have to be understanding of the environment you're playing with. And now you're, you're great at what you do from the fishing side. I think, and I'm biased probably saying this, but I think you're, you're maxing and proving what time on the water and the bodies of water you're fishing can yield. I think you're 100% right. If you're fishing that in other areas, you're going to yield different numbers and bigger size fish. And if, 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 if people are going to judge that and see the photos and make comments like that, then they're not, they're not you know, in it for the right reasons, right? Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. And it's, and I'll and I'll say kindly to the musky world out there. I think that 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 type of comment that I received on that fish that, that's that's a small percentage. This is a very small percentage of anglers kind of act like that. So that I that doesn't yeah, that doesn't reflect right? Yeah, that doesn't and it comes with the territory of being on social media when you post you know hundreds of posts a year. You know you're going to get hecklers out there. That's the way it goes. All I was trying to say was that. You know, we look at these big fish and how rare they are. It it really is a product of where you know where you fish. And I you know I'd love to have right now. It'd be great to have a panel of five other Vilas County muskie guides on here, and to hear that hear hear you know either their true numbers of fifty inch caliber fish, not even cal. I shouldn't say caliber. I'm saying true fifty inch fish. I've caught a lot of muskies. My clients have caught a lot of muskies that are 47, 48, 49 inches. Those are not 50s. They're just not. They're they're 48s. They're 49s. They're caliber 50s, but they're not true 50s. Catching a true 50 in northeast section of Wisconsin is very challenging. So I, I have the utmost respect for guides that consistently put those big numbers up, um, big fish numbers. But but again, you know, in the words of Joe Booker too, does it really matter? A big fish is a big fish. But anyway, let's move on. Let's let's move on. Let's. And as long as you're, yeah, as long as you're, and that's the other thing to those photos, no matter what anybody says, hey, as long as you're having fun and you're passionate, people are excited about what they're doing. I don't care if you catch a 
20-inch fish. Like, you're out there, you're enjoying it, and that's why I think we're all doing it. And that's that's why you keep doing what you're doing, too. So, yeah, there's, there's that side of it, too. But now you haven't answered my question, and I'm... I'm worried you might not be able to answer it because I think it's a really tough question. And I don't even know if there is a right answer for you, but, but what's the, what's the best? I, I, I will categorize it as an overall because there could be a best in many classes of biggest at first and all these different classes of fish you've caught. But when you look at the numbers, what's, what is in your mind, maybe let's just call it that, the, the greatest achievement of a, of a muskie that you've ever well, there's you two there's two like a championship yeah something. two that come to mind for me for sure no questions asked one is the uh the Gadorzi muskie um that was caught in 2017 and that was that was 50 inches on the dot that was that was such a special fish for me because that hunt and i and i you know folks may you know not believe you know, the stat on it, but that, that fish truly encompassed that hunt encompassed four months. You know, I believe I, I, we first located that fish. We were filming a television show for fishing with Joe Booker and Joe's, uh, buddy and, you know, uh, guest on the show, Chris Godorzi had that musky follow in. I saw it. And I, from that moment was, was truly hooked on that fish. And I wanted to, re- I wanted to capture it. I, I then we proceeded to, uh, you know, Mike Richardson, pro staffer lost it in july i hooked her and lost her in august and then i ended up catching her september 24th 2017 so to to lay hands on that fish and i knew right when she hit it was her that was a really 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 special uh musky hunt um you got that all on video right what yeah what you should link it in the what what video number how would you find that if gosh that's i'd have to go back i'll link it i mean they could do it's the best uh, most watched episode on musky mastery still but yeah that's that's probably just because of the 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 crazy four month i don't know that i've ever had a musky hunt that lasted that long it's a four month hunt but outside of that though still and this is you know more recent times my um my my musky last last summer uh, in August that fifty one incher, um, that was that was truly the most special musky I've ever caught in Wisconsin. Just from the fact that of of its size, um, to eclipse fifty inches for myself personally, um, it was I I won't forget that feeling. I remember releasing that fish and just having this like really weird feeling inside, like wow, that. And it, it, it wasn't like, I wasn't, I didn't release that fish and say, oh, you know, that was okay. I, I released that fish and felt this amazing feeling of like, holy crap, we just, we just climbed Mount Everest and it felt, it felt, it, it was an unbelievable feeling. So that, to, to eclipse 50 in my neck of the woods, given we already talked about the stats and how many muskies we've caught there in that caliber range. So to, to, to go above 50 and you know have a healthy release and a beautiful muskie and a crazy fight like it was it was really surreal it was, it was extremely special i'd also say lastly the the most you know i i, I guess uh the most special muskies and there's so many of them too i mean those are the two most special but the, the other most special muskies are the ones that you know you're with your family your friends and you have those memories because when you look at your life you know you look at your memories before you know you and i our great uncle tommy you you and i know some of those smallmouth memories even the ones we lost the one that broke the line those are moments 
even some of those bass that weren't humongous, those are still some of the most special ones of all time. So I guess it shouldn't, it's not always about the biggest ones. It's also sometimes about, you know, just the most special ones. So yeah, we get, I mean, I could, you know, we, we, you and I could both go down like you and you are, you're, uh, our, our, uh, musky together, uh, our, our second and third place finishes. I won't name the lake, but you know, those musky catches that you, you and I still talk about those some 10, some years later. Adrenaline going. There's no doubt when that, when that, timers on in those tournaments and boats are flying by that's a, that's a hey that's another i'd love i'd love to come back on here uh at some point when when i'm able to be fit in because i know there's scheduling i'm sure but i'd love to to talk tournament talk and some of these other avenues because as we've got into this part of me not fishing as much as you do i was curious i was like i wonder how many topics we can cover inside of an hour we got we got a lot of stuff we got a lot of now, topics there's, there's to cover, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd love to, to go through that and talk about it. But I'm uh, interesting to hear those, given I know how many other special ones have ranked on that list. There's countless, I have no doubt. So for me, that's – and we talked a lot on fishing together outside of a podcast. But for me, that's the first uh, hearing um, that, that you know, from your angle, that, that lens to see that. So that's special. That's really awesome. Uh, to, to see that now uh, season six is underway almost I mean I know you're already you're already getting chances to go up and I uh, know muskie season's about to open so um, yeah maybe, maybe there's Dude. a way to, to continue the conversation oh well uh, Chris plan on continuing the conversation I mean just to recap you know what a what a great what a great talk we've had man you and I have covered season six and the the dreams and and what what you know what we want to accomplish on season six we, we went into musky confidence and reading water and and reading your experiences and letting your experiences uh guide you in your hunts and then we when we you know did a little bit of mini dive here on on uh, musky statistics and we looked at and we just talked at musky numbers and and you know what's a big fish in in my neck of the woods you know and, and what that means and and you know your most special catch so we really covered some great stuff here man it's uh oh, as yeah, always and, man it's and, it's uh and hey uh, for folks, hey, we actually link this in the video or in the podcast. Yeah, hey, you know your musky segment just debuted. It's all in the family. You caught that beautiful musky last July in the figure eight, and we're gonna do it again. Uh, we're gonna do do it again this summer, man. Hey, yeah, repeat, repeat coming up. Uh, we'll take some time and we'll be up there with you. And yeah, I just want to say thanks for having me on. And it's been a pleasure talking through this and exciting. And, and hey, I I do. I'm not uh, on podcast per se or anything, but I in my line of work, I do a lot of meetings and a lot of agendas and i'll tell you what this kind of stuff just having a conversation and going through things like this i'll do this all day this is fun i enjoyed it a lot appreciate having me on dude chris as always man thanks so much well folks uh there you have it uh, another episode of musky therapy is complete i don't know about you chris but i think you summed it up pretty well i feel like i've just gone to the therapist it's so great having these conversations so folks we cannot thank you enough for listening to this podcast. Um, for both of us, two brothers here, Chris and Chaz Martin, thanks so much for listening to Musky Therapy Podcast. We can't thank all of you enough for listening, for watching the Musky Master YouTube channel. Special quick shout out again to our sponsors, Joe Booker Outdoors, Recon Boats. We couldn't do it without you guys. Best products in the world, no questions asked. So anyway, uh, folks, we will look forward to uh, to uh, another episode next month. And as always, thanks for listening.